Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Burke in the Game, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Burke in the Game. I have got my podcast dad. There's some comfort in saying that. I know you hate it. Do you really hate it though? I, I, I do hate it because <laughs> here's why I don't mind. I I, I almost uh, prefer big brother or uncle. Okay, fine. Just, big be, brother. Be, uncle, okay. uncle, podcast yeah. uncle. There I just like the one word. We're going to okay. switch it guys officially right. today. Okay. Sam Rubin, you are my podcast uncle and that's it. Period. End of discussion. Right. How are you Great. doing? Good. I'm really well. Better than daddy or zaddy, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, I am so nervous about today and we're having a freezing, a, a, a specialist about freezing your eggs, I guess. And, um, freezing egg specialist. N- yes. I know okay. two people and one person I was holding her hand through the process and it didn't look fun. Put right. it this way. I hate needles who doesn't hate needles, I guess. But, um, and she was so traumatized by it she had to get somebody there was a doctor living I think above her and so she would call him every time I think nowadays you could probably hire nurses but I just remember for me I deal with body dysmorphia so like if I gain a pound or whatever I'm going to freak out and I was telling Dr. Wexler yesterday she said to me you know we never talk about this and I'm like what we talk about all the time she goes no we never do and I'm noticed that as soon as we started talking about it, I started becoming very defensive. Um, cause she was just telling me about why I, why she, why it's a good thing, not why I should do it. And I was like, I can't, I'm going to gain weight. I can't, you know, try, you know, basically I'm, I've been on birth control, long story short, I've been on birth control my whole life since I was 16 years old. When I got off birth control for, um, I think it was the beginning, beginning of season six, the nation decided to call me fat, right? So it, there's this direct correlation of me gaining weight and in t- getting off birth control, which I will need to do in order to get tested sure. if I have enough, um, if I can even be a part Part of this process of freezing my eggs and I'm 38 and there's all this like feel like um 
my own head and the way I look at myself, which is not the way everyone else looks at me, I'm sure. And then I've got the age, right? Like time, I'm not getting any younger. All right. Can I tell you a first, a lighter, uh, funny <laughs> IVS story? Sure. And then I'll also tell you, uh, Jessica Holmes, who you know, who uh, anchors our KTLA Morning yes, News. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, brand new baby. I She's 44 or 45. Oh, wow. Good uh, for her. Baby. And uh, I'm the father of three girls. And I, my wife. I was, thought you were about to say, I'm not the father of them. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Is this an exclusive? <laughs> and, and, and my wife was 46. I think. Oh, wow. Did she, she freeze you guys she, did she, IVF? No, she was sort of uh, fertile Myrtle. It was not. The, oh, the, wow. Her, oddly enough. So she but, got pregnant at 46? Yeah. So wow. This happened. But here's the uh, Good funny. For you guys. Here's the funny IVF story. Okay. Um, so first baby at uh, 35. And then, you know, and I hate this phrase. Then quote unquote, about two years later, it's like, okay, we'll try. And then nothing happened. And then met an IVF uh, doctor and said, you know, you might want to pursue this. So they test the woman and they test the man. So mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, because of uh, Dancing with the Stars, you know, you know, it was on some rare occasion, you're in the grocery store, you've got, you know, netting in your hair or curlers. And it's like the time you don't want to be recognized. It's like, oh, right. it's you. Totally. So I go to a facility in Beverly Hills <laughs> to uh, do my part. Okay. And that's very embarrassing for man. You go to talk, like, talk us through it. I will. You go to a medical office, you go to an exam room, and a nurse, in kind of a surly way, goes, You know, I think whatever you need is in this drawer. Interesting. Le leaves. And then what's weird is there's a bunch of drawers, and it sort of gets more explicit as you go. So, like, the first drawer, is like there's the, no VHS tape. There, there, I think there was like a VHS thing, but it was broke. The first drawer is like the swimsuit Sports Illustrated drawer. Right. Okay. And then it gets like kind of, you know, Playboy more, hustler. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. Got and then it. the other thing, because I think everybody is different. Um, I just looked at all the drawers, just you know, out of journalistic <laughs> just curiosity. Just give you give yourself options. So it's like a hardcover book. It's like, you know, the Journal of American Sexuality or something. So you think, oh, this is like an academic book. And then you open it and it was 10 times filthier than any of the magazines. Really? <laughs> like, like, it was a hardcover book. It was a hardcover no, book that looked like- No a pun intended. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That looked like a medical textbook. Interesting. Anyway. And do they give you gloves? Because you know, that's nasty. Like I'm just saying like right. plastic gloves because you know how many people right, have done Right, right, right. You know what? I, I didn't think it through that far. But right. anyway. Of course. Wait, so, how long do they give you? There, were, I, no, no one had a timer. And it, it uh, you'll be pleased to know it didn't take that long. Okay, okay. But anyway, well, but here's, here's the horrible part. So there's a, a jar and then like a, a lunch bag, like, the, like a brown bag that you would take to right. school. Sure. Put the jar in the brunch bag, walking out. And then the waiting room, you know, it's got 10 or 15 people. I go to drop off my bag and the- It spills. Or, no, the clerk or nurse <laughs> is like, wait a minute. I watch oh, you all the no. time. That was, is so embarrassing. Why the do they have to say that out loud? That was, the that was the worst thing ever. <laughs> so, and what did you say? You're like, I, no, I was not like, me. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people look like that. Uh, but oh anyway, my goodness. So that's then the worst. it continue this. So then did the IVF thing, IVF thing. And then for one second, 
the lady was like, oh, you're going to have triplets, which we thought very heavy and like a lot to digest. (laughs) And then, and I remember it's at Century City Hospital that's on Olympic and Century Park East, which I think is now a rehab facility, but was interesting. And so we're there and I, the technician is doing the, um, oh gosh, I know what the device is where, where they're looking. Oh, they're looking at your stomach through a thing. Yeah. And I can just tell by the way he looks that something is amiss. And so suddenly triplets, and it was not very long into the thing, um, were not viable. So the whole thing went away. And then we, we, you know, we didn't mourn or it was it wasn't because it hadn't really set in it was just like it wait so, so what do you mean so what happened when you said that triplets weren't so viable? we so purportedly we were pregnant with triplets oh, and had okay. been told we were pregnant with but didn't tell anyone right. and then we the doctor had said sometimes with three it won't continue with three it may right. reduce to two or one right anyway, it, it went from three to none oh I'm and sorry. we took that in, but it was, you know, it was not, again, we had not right. latched into it, forgot about it entirely, stopped trying. And then, and I really do, there's sort of a spiritual element to this. There's a six year age gap between our first two. So then whatever, three or four years later, I had, we had, had a beloved uncle who had passed away. I'd flown to his funeral in Columbus, Ohio. I am flying back. I am changing planes in Dallas. And this is how old the story is because it's my daughter's now 21. I oh, wow. call my wife on a payphone from the Dallas airport. And she's like, you're not going to believe this. And so that to me was like, the, like the one family member had passed. And this was like the replacement. Right. It's, it's the reincarnation. reincarnation. The reincarnation. And so that's my daughter, Rory, Wait, so you- 21. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. Did you guys? But you said you weren't trying, but obviously you were like whatever. Right, you weren't right, like right. putting a lot of emphasis on yes, it. Is what no, you mean. We, so when when people say that they're trying, that can be very involved. It's like it's got to be now. It's got to be a, yes, and keep your legs up in the air. Yeah, right. stuff like that. <laughs> All that stuff, right? Yeah, so don't we, put those legs down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So All right. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah. look, I think there is a spiritual aspect to all of this, and I think that if it's meant to be, it will be. But um, going through this process, I think, because uh, I'm 38, I think I have to do this not just once, but like two to three times. Um, I I am going to attempt to do this, but I will tell you that I am not going to attempt to do this until next year, beginning of next year or end of the season, because most likely I will be going back. Um, and I just right now we are in May, end of May. There's no way I, yeah. I don't even I, I couldn't at this moment, but I de- definitely don't want to live with the regret of not doing it. OK, I mean, I, I, I it's it, it, it is funny because I'm not a super religious person. Yeah. But I don't think you can ever be in, the, in a delivery room and mm-hmm. see the birth of a child. Right. And not think there is a God or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very convincing argument. No, Um, you're right. You're right. So, and, and I'm not one of these, you know, a lot of friends of mine were very evangelical about, Oh, it's the best thing you've got to, you know, one's not enough, have 20, you know, that kind of thing. And I've never been like that, but it is a, 
a deeply satisfying thing. I'm very Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, the way I feel about my dog, I'm not compla- I'm not um, comparing, but right. it is this untype of this type of unconditional love I've never felt. It's so weird. And and which I think might be helpful, uh, it is a selfless love. Yes. And it and it takes you out of yourself. So I think some of the stuff that you're dealing with like body dysmorphia, et cetera. Yeah maybe and it's understandable maybe. given the nature of your work it's like yeah. you're focusing a lot on yourself when you're yeah. focusing on other stuff yes you're right so yeah there, and i mean it. yeah and also what do you think about raising a kid when you're a single mom let's say because that might also be the case well you know i think that has changed and this mm. is this uh I, I remember this very when i went to elementary school i went to westwood elementary school in west la there was one kid whose parents were divorced and that was a yeah that's what you said Mm -hmm. and then but but now i mean for better or worse probably for worse that's obviously pretty commonplace now yeah it is and i and i think there's a lot of johnny has two mothers or johnny just has a mother or i none of that and honestly i can say for personal from personal experience coming from a divorced family i I think i would have checked into the nearest uh, looney tune you know because like if my both my mom and dad were raising me i think this was for the best that my mom was a single parent in the beginning yeah. Well, it's so. it, it, but here the one thing though, and I don't know if this is a brain drain or a good thing, <laughs> is there are these options. We're talking about options that really next number of years ago didn't even, didn't even exist. So. Absolutely. Well, speaking of options, um, I'm going to say bye to you, okay. Dance Uncle, there and I am going to go talk to Whitney. And I have so many questions for her, so I'm so excited. She was also a form. She was the um, she was on The Bachelor. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is years really ago. Crazy. But now okay. talk about someone who's froze. She froze her eggs when she was really young, like in right. her 20s. So um, I've got tons of questions. Anyway, thank you so much for you checking bet. in and I will talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. 
at this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I have so many questions for you. You have no idea. I've been stalking you for the past week. (laughs) I I think I've listened to every single interview you've ever done on that has to do with the podcast, at least. Okay. Well, I'm glad that I'm here because we're going to chat all about it and cover all the bases and hopefully have some answers for you. Are you in Ova? Are you at Ova right now? No, I'm at home. Okay. Okay. Cool. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and um, why you're a specialist in something that's just so important and not talked about as far as egg freezing goes. Oh my gosh. Well, I am an egg freezing nurse specialist at OVA, Egg Freezing Specialty Center in Chicago. I started my career off very differently. I graduated from nursing school and thought, I just want to be where all the action is in the hospital, cardiac ICU, you know, acting like quick on my feet and quickly realized that I bit off a little bit more than I could chew. And the mental health component for that just was not working for me. So I had to reevaluate where I was going um, in my career and started focusing on things that I was passionate about, women's health, things like that. And I kind of fell into fertility. Um, It was something that At first, I was unsure if it was going to be the right avenue for me, but I quickly kind of just fell into my routine and realized this is where I should definitely be. And throughout um, the past, I guess, 13, 14 years of working in fertility, I've learned a lot. I've worked with some of um, the best experts in the field. And as a nurse, kind of in the trenches every single day, hearing women struggling and saying to me, I wish I would have had the opportunity to freeze my eggs, you know, women that were struggling to conceive or maybe had missed their window. And hearing that day in and day out was like a light bulb moment for me. You know, I felt like, Hey, why am I, you know, I should do this. I trust the science. I trust the experts. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about life, but I know that I want to be a mom one day. Mm -hmm. And if I can control even a little bit of that, I want to take advantage of it. So I did, I, I froze my eggs and through that process realized how quickly little women know about their own bodies, mm-hmm. how it was such a stereotypical, I mean, this was almost 10 years ago, but people were like thought of it as an act of desperation. Um, and there was just a lot that needed to be taught and a lot yeah. that needed to be learned. Yeah. Um, and it, 
again, became a passion project for me. And after having the platform coming off of The Bachelor, you know, and having a whole slew of women to talk to, I took the opportunity to to use my voice and, and try to help women make that decision for themselves. Did you um, talk to any of the girls in the house when you were oh my gosh. The Bachelor? <laughs> yes. And we joke about it because there's not a lot you can do, you know, right, right. on a date, you know, so yeah. we would just... You, you have no TVs, no books. I mean, so you just right. chat about just everything under the sun. <laughs> exactly. And egg freezing was one of them. And actually a yeah. few of the girls from my season and even outside of my own season um, have come to OVA to freeze their eggs. It is it's interesting when you say, you know, we don't know a lot about our bodies because you're so right. Or we choose not to want to know because mm-hmm. I think it's, um, first of all, there's that whole stigma. But then on top of it, like I can just speak for myself, there's fear behind it. You know, I've always been this girl that always said, if I ever had cancer one day, I'd, I'd rather just not know. I'd rather just, you know, and it's like, no. And now I'm much older and I'm 38 years old. And I am so curious when it comes to not just my own mental health, but like my body and, you know, I suffer from body dysmorphia and, um, I'm currently on dancing with the stars. I've been doing the show for 25 seasons and, um, I've always, I guess, you know, there was something traumatic that happened to me for me, at least it was traumatic. Um, the nation basically decided to call me fat when I got off birth control, um, during a season. So it was like, I got off of it thinking that I was going to lose the weight. And then I ended up retaining 15 pounds of water weight, basically in front of everybody's eyes. And I, that wasn't my intention. I literally thought I was going to look less bloated. And, you know, I come from the competitive ballroom world where it's constant, right? Like I'm, I'm a naturally curvy girl. Like there's nothing that I can do about that. I've got hips and hip bones and that will not great. move. Thank and you. that's good. You know, you, that's who you are, right? Yeah. You shouldn't have no, to totally. like work to get rid of that. I know. And the, but the hard part, I guess, cause I, you know, I look at my body and I see something different than everybody else mm-hmm. does. And stay, you know, dancing next to these young, skinny, skinny girls. And, um, it's just, adds a bunch of, I guess, horrible talk or self, not love, but hate towards my body. And I've always now I've equated me at getting off birth control, which I've been on since God, since I was 16 years old, I've been on Yaz. I haven't had my period in years. I choose to skip it because my period was like 12 days long. And Hmm. then I would PMS. And then, you know, I felt like I was just never normal. And, um, you know, dancing and costumes, like the last thing I want to do is have my period, but I've just been used to not having my period. And I've actually enjoyed it because my, you know, my cramps would, would hurt a lot. And I realized after listening to all of your interviews that, you know, it's true. Like we have been given birth control, like, you know, it's candy. And, mm-hmm. um, I just don't think, I think because I'm traumatized by that one event that was horrible. And, um, I guess I just knowing that if I do another season, I don't mentally, my mental health is really at risk, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have always made that an excuse, but like I said, I'm 38 years old, Mm -hmm. you know? So I do know too, that, you know, there is, I, I know I should get tested, but then that, does that require me getting off birth control? So, um, sorry, that's a lot. (laughs) No, no, no. I think it's so interesting the relationship between, um, female health, women's health and Mm. mental health. Mm. And it's a very, very, it's all one thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
it's a strong relationship. So you can't just discount the mental health piece of this because Mm -hmm. it's a big part of the equation and just kind of ignoring it or kind of sweeping it under the rug is not going to make it better. And no in the right mindset when it comes to this treatment. Right. So I think that number one, to kind of address the first thing of, if I do, if I do the testing, am I going to have to come off the pill? And is it better if I just don't know what's going on with my body? Because then I can just kind of, you know, you know, with the birth control pill, if you think of your ovary as a machine and it has mm-hmm. an on and an off switch, the pill is turning it off. So the first step in this whole process is that we need to see what's going on with your fertility specifically, because not every 38 year old is going to fit into this square box. And to do that and to think of checking the metrics on this machine, which is your ovary, we need to see how it's functioning appropriately. So many women, you know, don't like getting on their period, or maybe they're very symptomatic, painful menstrual periods, cramping. So they choose to skip those active pills or just go straight through. Um, And we can see what is a temporary condition that's called ovarian suppression. So when we check the hormones, when we look at the ovaries, everything is just very low. So we're not able to gauge a really good reading on what's going on with your body. So we'd like a lot of times for women to come off of the pill, let their body normalize a bit and then see what's going on. But not everyone experiences ovarian suppression. So my recommendation to start this process is to let's just see where your numbers are. Like if you could even take one week off of the pill and allow your body to get a period and then go back on that next week. I mean, when was the last time you actually let your body bleed? Years. Years. So I'm my guy, my gynecologist, um, she's like, this is normal. And I kept asking, cause I've heard so many, you know, obviously there's so many opinions out there and she g- gave me, um, she looked to see what, what, what's it called when they put, when they, you check to see if you have a baby, what it's called when they, an ultrasound. Yes. An ultrasound. And there yeah. was like, I, I mean, it was dead inside basically because of my birth control, right. but she, um, she, this was a few years ago. And then just, I recently, you know, she just, I asked her again, I said, are you sure it's okay that I continue? Like I haven't let my body at all ever have a period. Mm -hmm. And is there a way to wean off of birth control? Because I am so for me, what, like what you're saying, I hear you, but it's more about the, like, if I start dancing with stars in August, if I retain the 15 pounds of water weight again, I I have to, I guess, time it out to where mm-hmm. I would do this probably right after we wrap. Yeah. You and know? I mean, there's the nice thing about this is that, you know, at first we do kind of need to gauge what's going on with your fertility, but then we can schedule it to work around your life. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a time commitment. There are some side effects with temporary waking could be one of them. Again, it's temporary, but with your line of work and the, you know, being an athlete, yeah. it does make sense that not even just with the weight gain, but you know, we want to protect your ovaries as they are enlarging during the process to make these follicles and grow yeah. these eggs. So a lot of times, you know, we ask that your activity level be decreased. Well, That's if you're, fine. you know, training if it's and all after that, the season, it's fine. after the yeah. season. Yeah. Right. So I think hearing you and listening mm-hmm. to you, I think that it would make the most sense to get everything prepped for you. Yeah. And so that when the season wraps, you can just hit the ground running. But so what I have to get, can I do the get off the initial control for a week after? the season? I mean, you could, it just depends on how quickly you want to go. And we could always just test and see what's going on. Um, but I think you're likely going to see that you do have that ovarian suppression and with the hormones from the birth control pill, a lot of times we're just not going to get an accurate read to where we even know how to treat you. 
I don't even think it would be, it'd be a waste of time. Basically I would have to get off the birth control for sure. And I think that for my own sanity, probably best to wait until as soon as I get eliminated, hopefully that doesn't happen or (laughs) right. Excuse me, right, right when we wrap um, end of November, but like, I know you're Chicago based, um, but really quick before I forget, is there a way to wean off a birth control or is there no such thing? No, you just would just just stop. stop. I've heard someone who did that. Okay. Um, like you don't want to just stop it in the middle because sometimes you're gonna, yeah. it's gonna take your body a bit to probably regulate. And my period's um, gonna hurt so bad. I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna feel it all. Right. Well, it's gonna definitely be different if you haven't yeah. had a period in, in however years. long. Yeah. You know. So yeah. and your body's gonna have some catching up to do, but it's not to say that it won't. Right. And it, you know, I, you, our bodies are always changing. If the last time you tried to come off the pill, how many years ago was that? Oh, this was like season six. Okay. It was a long time ago. Yeah. A long time we're ago. going into season 31. Right. Like, so I haven't even asked myself that question. It's crazy. Yeah. It's been a while, but our bodies are always changing. So it's hard not to compare what happened yeah. that long ago, but maybe it will be a different experience this time around. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, let's, I would recommend, like you said, waiting Just until things wrap out. until November. Okay. And because then move to Chicago again, or what? Yeah. Come to Chicago. We would love to have <laughs> you. Where you're based. That, yeah. You know, this is all going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we see a ton of people that come from out of state. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about OVA is that, you know, we're trained in like helping women kind of make this as easy as possible for them. Yeah. And logistically, we'll help you with that. We'll allow, you know, help you get everything scheduled in California as much as we can. Like that initial testing you can get done in California. Um, and then once we're kind of going and with the go time, yeah. we'll have you come to Chicago for a short period of time mm-hmm. um, just so that when you're ready for the retrieval, you'll be here because it's all dependent on your body, how your body responds to those medications. And throughout that 10 to 14 days that you're giving yourself these shots, we're going to have to see you, you know, we need to monitor you to make sure that you're responding appropriately, or if we need to change the dosing of the medications, we can do so, so that you have the most optimal response. So um, my friend, um, she, I saw her go through this process and she had to obviously shoot herself. Um, She hated needles. It took her a while to get used to that. What is it? Because you know, I've been in a way numbing through birth control. I guess I don't really know what my hormones, like my mood and all of that, mm-hmm. I guess just through the process. I mean, yeah, I've heard work. say it, but just for everyone that is interested. Yeah. So the first step is doing ovarian reserve testing. And that's what we were just mentioning about having to kind of come off of the pill so we can gauge the metrics of your ovary and what's going on. So when we think of ovarian reserve, it's the quality and the quantity of the eggs that you have remaining. And as women, all of our ovarian reserve is declining with time. So no one's fertility is just kind of in a holding pattern. No one's fertility is increasing with time. So we are all in this together. But the difference between us is, you know, the rate of decline or how quickly or slowly we are losing our eggs. So as I mentioned, not everyone based on their age is going to fit into this square perfect box. So we need to do some testing through comprehensive ovarian reserve testing to look at four different hormones in the blood and to do an ultrasound to see what's going on with you specifically. Mm -hmm. So when we do that testing, it's only looking at a quantity perspective. There is no pretest for us to know the quality of your eggs. So we kind of have to take that component and put it off to the side. The only way you can look at the quality of a woman's eggs is to fertilize them with sperm so that we have all 46 chromosomes and we can Mm. see how well they grow into an embryo. But from a yield perspective or numbers perspective. And you don't just put sperm into all the good eggs. No, No, you want to keep (laughs) them so that they're precious and, (laughs) and, and stored for you. So 
it's a yield sort of thing that we're looking for. And it's not going to be specific. You know, it's not going to say, Cheryl, you've got 325,000 and two eggs left, or you have this oh, much I time wish. left to get pregnant. It's not that specific, yeah, but it's yeah. going to let us know, are you within the range, outside of the range? You know, and it's the main goal of it is to tell us how should we stimulate you? What are the medic? What's the medication protocol that you're going to respond best to? What's the dosing of the medications and also the management of med- expectations? Because just because you freeze your eggs does not mean that you will hundred percent get a baby from those eggs. Right. No, I learned that from my friend too. Does it matter that I got my, cause I've always said if I got my period when I was nine, very young, mm-hmm. um, does that mean I'm going through menopause at an earlier age? No. No. Okay. Good. It does not. Um, so, you know, we're losing eggs every single month, no matter what, even on birth control, you're still losing eggs. Yeah. So what we're doing with egg freezing is we're essentially saving eggs that you would be losing in a given month. Anyways, it's not like you're storing up eggs for the future. Right, right, right. And and does it decrease your chance of the amount of eggs when you're on birth control or no, no, at all. Like even if it's been in your system, even if you've been doing it since you were 16, 13. No. So what we do sometimes we can see that ovarian suppression where the hormones are low and it may take your body a little bit longer to stimulate, or you may need a higher dose of medications to get the ovaries moving. Mm. Um, so if we see ovarian suppression with that initial testing, that ovarian reserve testing, um, the physician may recommend coming off the pill for a couple months before you start the treatment, because you want your body to normalize to kind of come back from that for wake up sure. a little bit so yeah. that it's working more efficiently. I mean, for sure I should do that maybe, you know? Yeah. And I, it, that's why I'm saying, you know, we could do the testing in November. Once the season wraps, see what's going on. It may be that you need to stop the pill for a couple months. And then in January we do the treatment, you know, it's right. we're going to have to kind of gauge and see what's going yeah. on with your body. And then from yeah. there, come up with a treatment plan. But once the treatment plans in place, it is that 10 to 14 days of giving yourself the injections. We walk through the process with you. You know, we'll teach you how to do it. If for some women, they're like, I don't, you're crazy. If you hire a nurse, gonna, if you need yeah, to. We'll yeah. help you. Yeah, okay. we'll help you. Okay. Um, and then throughout that 10 to 14 days, you're coming in for blood and ultrasound to see how you're responding to the medications. And then once you've kind of reached that peak potential and you are ready to go, you administer your last shot, which is what we call a trigger shot. And that forces you to ovulate and 36 hours around there, give or take. And that's wow. when we time your retrieval. So the retrieval is when, you know, it's done transvaginally. You are asleep. So you get twilight sedation. You're going to be just, you're not going to remember anything. Um, and it's done transvaginally. So it's not like we're making incisions or anything has to heal from the outside. And it's really quick. It's only like 10 or 15 minutes. And we go into all of the little follicles on your ovaries. So your ovaries grow these follicles and think of a follicle, like the house of the egg. So the Mm -hmm. egg grows inside of it. Mm-hmm. And there's fluid in these follicles. So the physician goes in and aspirates or removes the fluid from each of the follicles and looks for the egg inside. Wow. So by the time you're done or you go home that day from the retrieval, you'll know how many total eggs were retrieved. And then the embryologist continues to monitor them. And the next day I would call you and let you know out of those, how many were mature and able to be frozen. And you guys only do mature eggs. Is that yes. right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What if you, have you ever had somebody around my age group that just had none? 
it would be very rare to go into it, um, into the retrieval and get nothing. If that happens, if you've had follicles that are growing, because we're monitoring your blood work and ultrasound throughout that 10 to 14 days. If you have follicles that are growing and then we go in and don't get any eggs, occasionally that happens when your trigger shot kind of malfunctions or was not done appropriately. Um, but we wouldn't know if you had no eggs or okay. were a candidate based off of that initial ovarian reserve testing before oh. we just started pumping you up with hormones to get going. And has that ever happened? I'm sure you very rarely. Again, sometimes mm -hmm. patients that have been on a medication like chemotherapy as a young kid, um, you know, unfortunately, they will have gone into premature ovarian failure because of a side effect of the medication. Other women are just born genetically with premature ovarian right. failure. So they go right. into menopause at a very young age. But a lot of times women will know that coming in, like they know something hasn't been right. right. They're having symptoms of menopause. Um, right. Very rarely, I don't even know if there's ever been someone. Has there been a direct in. correlation with someone on birth control for too long? No, or, no. Now we can see where things are very low again with that suppression. Yes, and I yes, think yes. we should be prepared for that. Yes. A hundred. And it is, I can already tell you. Yeah. So yeah. we should just be prepared that that's going to happen. And we're just yeah. going to need to allow your body to normalize a bit. Okay. So, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to do this more than once, right? No, so, I, I was going to say that I was like, okay, so I'm trying to time it out. So thank God we don't do two a year anymore. We do one a year. So we would start back up again in August, but I would probably want to stop injecting myself by um, May, June, yeah. July. So yeah, I mean, that me does give us plenty of time. Mm -hmm. So for your age, so you're 38 years of age mm -hmm. and the older we are, when we freeze our eggs, the more eggs we need to freeze because we know 20, that quality, um, yeah. quality is going to come into play if and when you needed to use the eggs. Right. So that's because some, not every mature egg is an actual baby. Like you need to, you're right. testing and testing and testing. Is that right? There's right. There's an attrition rate or a drop off right. that happens. So once eggs are frozen and let's say you're ready to come back and use them down the line, you know, we have to thaw them, fertilize them with sperm. They have to grow into an embryo. There's so many steps along the way that it's very yeah. common to yeah. lose an egg here or there. So we want right. to make sure that we have enough to work with. So the doctor is going to be able to kind of counsel you and manage your expectations on based off of a, your age, B, what your reserve looks like, you know, so we can kind of get in front of it. Mm -hmm. And so you're not blindsided, you know, if we say, yep, you're likely going to need to do this again, you know, yeah. we can get in front of it, have that game plan before we're going into it so that mm -hmm. you know what to expect, which is so key. Yeah. It's my friend um, was Totally. I hear you. And she, my friend was a little, like probably my, maybe a little younger than me now when she did it. And she, I think she only had like two good eggs or something, um, like at the end of it all. Right. Um, yes. but thank God she did it because, you know, now she's got twins and it's beautiful and it's right. great. But, um, before we wrap here, I just want to ask two more questions that I think the sure. audience will want to know the yes. age range, I guess. So when, when is, I know you froze your eggs when you were younger, um, which is amazing by the way, I wish I would have done that now, but, um, and then the price range. Yes. Okay. So the age range, <clears throat> the younger, the better, right? Again, this is the whole thing about education and thank you for you know having this platform and reaching yeah. all of these women so that they can know that this is an option. Yes. Um, we know that fertility starts to decline pretty rapidly after the age of 35. That does not mean that if you're older than 35, you're not a candidate. Right. Um, it also is important that like we don't me. use the, <laughs> right. And it also is important that we don't use 35 as a scare tactic. It's not like your ovaries know when you turn 35, 
five and like your eggs just fall out of your body. It's not that black and white, right? So there's many things outside of age that can impact your reserve. But if we had Mm -hmm. to say in a perfect world, the ideal range would be somewhere between 25 and 35. Um, Again, it's not to say we see many women over 35. We see many women over the oldest. Oh, in their forties. Like for younger forties or lower forties. I would say most women before 45. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And was it a success? Absolutely. We see babies born from eggs frozen from, you know, it's again, though, it may not be a linear. No, it's not. And that's my brain. The beginning to end. It may be multiple. There's a gray area. You know, there is some gray area. Yeah. Um, So again, 25 to 35 ideal. If you're over than 35, doesn't mean you're not a candidate. Right. Right. And so you'd say like 35 to 45 max. Yes. Yes. Um, and the younger, the better, obviously. of course, of course. Yes. And price range is going to vary in which state you're in, which facility you're going to, um, you know, I can only speak for OVA, but we are around yeah. 6,500 for one cycle plus the price of your medications. Medications are going to be ordered for you strictly based on what your fertility looks like. The right. more fertile you are, the less meds you need. So think of the the medications or the hormones and injections as like the gas or the fuel for that yes. machine. So if your machine, which is the ovary is working efficiently, it's not going to need as much gas to get it going. And alternatively, if it's slowing down, it's going to need a lot more gas and that gas is the medications. So right. those are ordered for you based mm-hmm. off of your fertility. Um, it's also important that women know that there is a fee, a yearly fee um, to keep your eggs stored. So that's going to range, again, depending on the facility, depending on the laboratory, um, it's going to be range somewhere probably between like $500 and $1,000 at OVA or $700 For how a, long? Year. a year. A year. And they can be frozen indefinitely. And so would but, you say that people who are between the ages of 35 and 45 be prepared to do about two to three treatments? So that's yes. $6,500 per treatment. Or do you get well, a discount? You do. You do, oh, you do. Like, the you know, each... The second cycle is cheaper than the first, the third is cheaper than the second. And again, that is solely just for our program. I can't speak, you know, for all programs. Right. Um, But I would just recommend that, I guess, a couple things to advocate for if you're thinking about freezing your eggs, get as much information as you can, get the knowledge, be sure that you're advocating for yourself, not only with the physician, um, the laboratory is very, very crucial when it comes to egg freezing because it is a very fine-tuned technology. Got it. And, um, so would I, like, if I decided to go to you, cause I feel like, um, I feel most comfortable, how yes. would that look like? Would I be able to go back and forth or would I have to basically move to Chicago for a few months? So we will work with you to make it as seamless as possible. The initial testing can all be done in California. Um, you can start the actual treatment process out in California, but about halfway through, we would need you to come to Chicago so that when your body is ready for the retrieval, we have you here. Right. Right. So you would need to come to Chicago, but we could make it a very, um, you know, short period of time. So you don't have to move here for you know right. several weeks on end, but I what would, would say that look like, you think probably like a week to a week and okay. a half. That's not bad at all. Yeah. And do you guys do like friend buddies, like, yes. like buddy system? Like I yes. know another girlfriend of mine who wants to um, possibly freeze her eggs. So yes, we actually have what's called freeze with a friend and it's a program oh, cool. that we do. So um, absolutely. We'll get her information and get her on. Yeah. Board here with you. That's amazing. I, I mean, I think we just want the support, right? Like, absolutely. I think, 
Yes. I guess like, like you said, maybe talk a little bit about your process and how old you were and how lonely it was. You said it just was absolutely daunting to be like, I'm making this decision for myself. I'd already decided I was going to do it. And yeah. I would even just talk to my friends and they're like, you're so young. Why are you doing that? Um, and then when I say we're born with all the eggs that we'll have in our lifetime, so many people are looking at me like I have four eyes. Like, what do you mean? Um, you know, I think people just assume that it's very simple to get pregnant. Um, yeah. and that, you know, we have so much time on our hands, but unfortunately mother nature like has made our bodies to get pregnant in our twenties and time yeah. has evolved, but our bodies have not ca caught up with the time yeah. and we all get one life and we should be able to do everything we want in that life. And, Absolutely. you know, by giving and your, the option and having the option. So yeah. to make the stance and, you know, you're reproductive rights are human rights and you have the right to preserve that. And thank gosh, we have the option because so many women, when I started in this field, didn't have the option to raise your eggs. Mm. Success wasn't there. And so now that we do, I just say, take advantage of it. There's really, I've never heard someone freeze their eggs and said, I really wish I didn't. Right. And I have another random question. Maybe yeah. um, <clears throat> if you've had an abortion before, does mm -hmm. that affect anything? No, as long no. as there was no like complications, if there was some sort of, you know, mm -hmm. like adhesions or scar tissues or something that would form, but that would be more uterine. Um, and for egg freezing, we don't, it's not that we don't care about the uterus. We obviously care oh, about okay. the uterus, but we just don't need your uterus. Yeah. So right, that would right, be right, more right. for when you're coming back, you just want to make sure that there's no adhesions, scar tissues or anything like that. But yeah. that would be for any woman, regardless if she had had an abortion or not. Okay. Thank you. And one more, sorry, one more question. When yeah. you were going through your process, did you notice, did you gain weight or did you notice your like moods like shift easily? So I always said <laughs> that I didn't feel like my mood changed that much. And I don't know if that was like, I'm already a little like baseline neurotic. So I just didn't know. I'm so neurotic, <laughs> which that could have been it. Um, as far as the weight gain, I did. I did gain some temporary weight gain. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's part of it. And in a sense, we kind of want you to, because that means your right. body's responding, you know, yeah. each of those little follicles that you I have mentioned like, that have the change egg. my mindset to like, it's a beautiful thing instead of, it's just a horrible. Right. But I mean, it just, it means your body's doing what it's supposed yeah. to Because yeah. each of those follicles that has an egg inside is in fluid. So if you have yeah. a lot of follicles, which you want, right. Cause you want a lot yeah. of eggs you're going to have some water weight and some fluid retention because of that. Okay. Um, but once you get your period, it takes some time, but it will, mine within a few weeks was, yeah. I was back to my weight. I mean, your body is a, such a, anyone's body. It's just, it heals pretty fast. It mm -hmm. also like it, it adapts, you know? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I guess to, you know, would, why would someone want to, do this like even for like someone under 30 because like i know a lot of women are probably like oh i'm fine i'm fertile and what does that mean when someone says they're fertile that means that they have a lot of eggs left oh, okay. um but why I, you know when people say why should i freeze my eggs i commonly will say why would you not why not yeah have you why used yours you by any chance have i have not used no. mine but i'm open to it you know i have oh, for one sure son. He's three years old. My husband Congrats. and I would love to have another baby and we're, you know, not to be TMI, but like actively no. trying. So, yeah, and, good you know, you. we'll see. So yeah. we'll see if it works, but if not, it's just nice to know. And not even for my own peace of mind, my husband's own peace of mind. Like he oh, loves the sure. fact that I have these, these for eggs. sure.
Yes, I'm sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I could talk to you forever. Let's do it. Let's. And I actually want totally your personal chat. information if you don't mind, because yes. I um I would love to also document this because I think that it is so important for people. If you guys don't mind, obviously we can have a discussion about it. Oh, yes, but let's I, chat. It's so important for women like me who are just curious, like, even though I was with my friend who did it, I would love to see someone just go through it, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think it's important. I don't think a lot of people talk about, they think there's a lot of shame basically behind a lot of decisions, maybe as women we make. So thank you for spreading the word and for absolutely, absolutely. And I would love the opportunity to chat with you and for you to document your journey. Cause I think you're hundred percent right. Seeing people relating to other women that are like you and seeing people that have gone through it makes it a little bit easier when it's your turn. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Whitney. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. 
We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So thank you so much to Whitney. That was so useful. And um, I think I will definitely freeze my eggs after this next season if I'm a part of it. So and document it. I think that that is very important so that people who are women who are in my boat, I guess, can actually see that hopefully the process isn't too bad. But um, all right. So let's get back to business. We got lots of responses from listeners from episodes from episode three's question of the week, which was key to getting back your confidence after a breakup. And I want to read two of the emails that we got. Make sure you guys email us um, with this next question that I'm about to ask you. But first, let's get to these emails. So this is from an anonymous listener. Um, regaining confidence is about what we've learned in the past, which makes us stronger and more knowledgeable about ourselves. We find strength in our ability to adapt. We have strong self-esteem and self-worth. We are not afraid to explore, learn, and grow. Confidence is being ourselves. That's beautiful. I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, confidence comes from within for sure. Um, and, yeah, I just have to build that up again within myself. And then, of course, we've gotten a, an email from Dr. Ann Wexler, my therapist. Um, she was a guest for the first episode of Burke in the Game. And she says, process your feelings and learn from the experience. It's good to view a breakup as an opportunity to learn rather than a failure. If you learn and grow, you will feel better about yourself. Amen, Dr. Wexler. Um, all right. So I need to ask you guys this question. Are you ready? What scares you the most about freezing your eggs? You guys know what scares me the most, but I want to hear from my listeners what scares you the most. So make sure um, you guys answer my question if possible. And please email us at burkinthegame at iheartradio.com or DM, DM us on Instagram at burkinthegame. Again, the question is, what scares you the most about freezing your eggs? Can you guys relate to any of my fears? Um, let me know. All right. See you next week. Thanks for listening and coming along this journey with me. If you like what you hear, then feel free to give this podcast five stars. You can also follow along with my journey on Instagram at Burke in the Game. And if you have any advice or want to write in, then email me at Burke in the Game at iHeartRadio.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. 
Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.